What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, I'm here with my good friend, Jeremiah Stringer. Buddy, you got one life, live it. How's it going? <laughs> Hi, my name is Jeremiah Stringer, and I like to podcast. What's going on, hawkers? <laughs> Listen to John with the soundboard, man. I'd say something really funny that just happened. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, whenever we start the countdown, I always like go use the bathroom real quick. Yeah. Because we don't know how long we're going to be on here for sometimes. Yeah. And so if you don't get it out, you're going to be dancing by the end of this thing, right? Yeah. So especially when you're old, you know, because I'm old now. So anyways, I run to the kitchen. Go to, well, I go to the bathroom. I don't pee in the kitchen. That would be really, my <laughs> wife would be very unhappy with me. So, so I go to the bathroom and I come back through the kitchen. I go to grab a cheese stick, you know, because I'm doing this keto thing. So like my snacks are like cheese basically. Yeah. So I grab one and it's soaking wet gross so i'm like what is that so i put it back i grab another one come back in here i can smell my hands right now we had scallops last week Uh, i think the bag leaked down into the basket that had all the cheese sticks in it and now my hand smells like old scallops it's disgusting dude dude Dude, you got scallopy cheese oh it's terrible man it's terrible luckily luckily i mean they're wrapped it's not it's hermetically sealed so you know i'm good to go oh okay okay my hand dude my hand smells like scallops it's disgusting Ugh. it's like the worst thing in the world but we got to keep the show going <laughs> yeah scallopy <laughs> hands or not we're going to keep this show going that's all i'm going to say that's all i'm going to say uh so we already got the guys out here already look at this man there's so many comments we just got started holy cow um we have an awesome guest tonight man oh i love this guy we have an awesome guest this is a guy you've backpacked with before on multiple yeah. occasions am i right about that yeah, we we've done uh, a few things here and there. We've we've done uh, a little trail in Ohio and to do a meetup. We've done some Red River Gorge, Smith and Out at Eagles Nest, and uh, Jason almost killed his dog. And then most recently, we went to Land Between the Lakes. We've had a great time, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I know that when I first met Dan Becker, he told me that his YouTube hero was this guy. <laughs> and he did that's what he, he told me that like that's legit he told me this and he said uh you've got to check out his photography and i did and oh my gosh we're going to show some of this later in the show but ladies and gentlemen let us welcome to the live stream tonight mr david gray how are you sir Hey guys, I can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> Can you whatever hear great now? intro you gave me i couldn't hear it so i don't oh, know what's going no. on oh sorry can you hear us now? No, I heard I heard the whole intro, but I'm not hearing any sound now. Sorry. Oh no. Oh, I'm sorry, David. Here, why don't I do? Can we even come back in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do that? Hang on, I'll be right back. Okay. okay. I want to hear that intro again. <laughs> <laughs> David. So did I mention my hands smell like scallops? It's really oh, gross, gross, man. Hey, it's why so are you doing that? Is it okay if I give a shout out for a, a DM I got earlier today about the podcast? Please do, man. Please do. Okay. So I one thing I love is whenever we get these emails or sometimes like on my Facebook, I have a Facebook for my YouTube channel and an Instagram for my YouTube channel. And uh, this guy, his name is Ed and his Instagram handle is Tales from the North Country. He, he sent me uh, a few messages and some pictures from his trip and said, love the podcast guys. And that he, he named specific episodes that he's listening to. And, uh, he said, I actually used three of your episodes to work through 20.8 miles of road walking today. 
That's so awesome. thank you so much. Yeah, shout That's out. Awesome. Shout, shout out. That's great. Yeah. Tales from well, the North Country. All right, man. It's time for take number two. I'm back. Mr. David Gray. And I here's can hear now. you. I don't, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I heard well, the whole intro up until when you guys started talking. So I'm sorry about that. Well, we were just talking about this old no-name guy named Dan Becker and how you're his YouTube hero. I like Dan. <laughs> have you guys have you guys done one of these with Dan? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. We did one a while back with him. I mean, it's not gonna be nearly as popular as this one. But yeah, uh right. oh, yeah. <laughs> David, I was, no. I was just saying, um John's like, you've been backpacking with David a few times. I know that you and um, John don't know each other from the trail, but you and I, I think the first time that we met was at the Ohio YouTube meetup, which I still yeah. don't know if those meetups are a secret or not. I think I, they're kind I thought of. thought it was like a cult thing. It felt kind of like a cult thing. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it felt felt kind of like a frat party just like the land between the lakes which was kind of a rerun of that <laughs> yeah it's like a less less people but definitely the same vibe but i just i i just remember i was sitting next to you at the fire and everybody was telling stories and you were doing this you know the whole time and i thought you had like epilepsy or something and i'm going oh man because i hadn't met anybody on that trip at all you know and i knew everybody yeah. from youtube but i had never met anybody personally and so I'd seen some of your videos, but I had never met you. And then you're doing this and I'm going, ah, man, I didn't know Jeremiah. I, I need to talk to him about that later. And you were shaking up your hand warmers because <laughs> I saw you doing the same thing in the land between the lakes. So now anytime I ever see anybody doing that, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, my, my first thought is going to be they're going with the hand warmers instead of anything else. So. It's not Tourette syndrome. It, it's yeah. A... <laughs> but I, I remember, and you'll even see it if you, if you watch, watch my video of that. Cause I was, I was filming you when you were, when you were telling some story and you were doing that the whole time. And it was just like, wow, it's kinda, I don't know if I should include this in the video. The guy's got a disability or something. So. <laughs> so sorry that was my first thought of you jeremiah <laughs> but I, I i've gotten to know you better since then so. <laughs> jeremiah and his disabilities yeah there, there are many it's, i will tell you uh, that it's, 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 uh, oh that. so we got some comments for you already david so go ahead and throw oh, these okay. up here for you to see i can't uh, see the comment okay yeah david has some great weather for his hike in alabama well, yeah we did yeah and, and uh, somewhere in that video i go now this is my idea of winter backpacking. you're not that land between the lakes getting down to like <laughs> 20 degrees and you almost freeze to death so no, it was it was it was beautiful weather, man. It's the the one thing I, I'd wanted to hike down there forever. It was in the Talladega National Forest, the Chia Wilderness, and yeah. there's a number of different options for trails down there. But man, for like a early season hike, if you wanted to do something in January, February, March, or even late season, you know, when normally I wouldn't, because until like the last couple of years, I've actually done quite a bit more winter backpacking, and I'm really glad I did last year because the whole COVID thing really shut down. I don't know about you guys, but it pretty much shut down the whole real backpacking season because you yeah. just couldn't, everything was just too weird. And um, we, I, I ended up getting in like three winter hikes last year, and I'm so glad that I did. And those were my first three winter hikes that I ever did. And so I, I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a convert on it. Um, I do not like being cold backpacking, and, and I sweat a lot. And so like no matter what the temperatures are, so it could be like, 20 30 degrees and i'll get everything will be soaked and then when you stop hiking and your body heat kind of cools down and it just mm -hmm. like 
Oh, it's miserable. A new, a new experience. Yes. I, I, I don't like, I don't like being cold, but um, yeah, I do. I do like getting the season extended a little bit. So it's a good option for that. Well, it's I went down a beautiful area too, man. Yeah. I went down in November and we did part of the Penhody trail up through there. Yeah. It seems like stretch. Yeah. So like every 20 yards was another view. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't get over it. I never, I didn't know that was in Alabama. So oh, that was, yeah. I didn't either. That was pretty, well, and, that's pretty awesome. And the, uh, you know, early season when you don't have the foliage on the trees, you know, it's like normally, I think if it was like, you know, middle of summer, you wouldn't get those kind of views, but, but this time of year and maybe later in the year when the leaves fall off the trees, it's, it's really spectacular. No, I, lo- I love it. Love the area. See, now, I, when I went down in November, there were tons of blowdowns. Did you have a ton of the, did you have a lot of blowdowns yeah, when you were there? We, we did. Yeah, we did in, in certain stretches. Um, and, and I think you got to expect that anytime you probably get out early season just from everything yeah. that happens over the winter they, they just haven't gotten out and cleaned it up but there were a couple stretches i think that that had some um, tornado damage either from this year or earlier and somebody had gotten out in there and done some maintenance because we were up on top you know the ridge and it was pretty narrow there wasn't really any kind of other than the trail there wasn't any place to walk and so if somebody hadn't cleaned that out that would have just been a just a mess to try to get through oh yeah yeah, we had a couple spots we didn't even, couldn't even see the trail. It was so bad. But yeah. uh, Jer- you were talking about Jeremy earlier from All Things Outdoors. I said, "What's up, guys? One of the best dudes to share the trail with." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I pay I paid Jeremy to say that so he'd be a, he, he could go on the Dolly Sods trip with us. <laughs> wait, wait. We can get paid to say nice things about you, dude. I'll say nice yeah, things about you all day long. Oh man. yeah, it's, I, I'm easily bought. It's in the budget. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we got another one that says the first backpacking videos I ever watched was Mr. David Gray. His stuff is the best. Oh, I'm just going to go through a few of these because you got you're getting okay. a bunch of love right now. Uh, just watched the new I Alabama video before coming here. Uh, 25 watching, only six thumbs up. Come on, gang, smash that thumbs up button. <laughs> That's right, people, smash that thumbs up button. I like, like that. It's 2021. Um, David, I thank you for being a pu- huge part of me starting my rookie year of backpacking. You were way influential to me way before these other two clowns. <laughs> oh, 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 that hurts, man. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. So just wanted to get you some love there as we got started here. We'll oh, make sure that you, you get to see That's... some. There's a lot more, but we'll get to those in a little bit. So I want to ask you, um, since you were mentioning winter trips, um, you myself i think i showed up late but back uh, with yeah. jason yeah the well, off 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 trail trip to the gorge yeah, yeah. jeremy and, and you didn't just show up late you showed up in the middle of the night in the dark <laughs> in a snowstorm uh, when we couldn't find the trail in the daytime and i i still talk to people about that was one of the most amazing things i had ever experienced was the fact you ever found us and i know some of it at the end involved us screaming down to you and you screaming back up to us which was a little <laughs> weird but but it, it all worked out in the end and that was an epic night well i had to i had to reach a high point so that i could have enough uh cell phone service to call you guys yeah okay. that was I did not, I didn't know anything about where to go, but I wanted to ask you if you would tell us about how, uh, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, almost murdered your dog on that trip. <laughs> right here it is. Well, there, yeah, see, see a back, shirt backpacking with dad right here. For the whole world to see. There we go. No, and, and before I, before I answer that, um, Jason loves my dogs probably as much as I do, especially Jaden. Uh, Jaden's the old one. And, um, 
but but on that trip there were there were we were, it was all off trail you know and and there really weren't uh, there there were a lot of down trees and Jaden's back legs you know he's he's an old he's 15 year old lab and his back legs wow. are lush and so we were having to help him up constantly over these trees and then on top of that uh, found out later Jaden was not feeling well that night and temperatures got down we got a couple inches of snow whatever it was so it was a it was a, a true winter backpacking trip and Jaden was just kind of shaken uh, by the fire wasn't feeling well and we ended up bailing a day early heading out and I found out later he had a real badly abscessed tooth so he was just and he is yeah you know if you've watched any of my videos he's been around since the beginning and um, man that dog is a trooper he lives to be out on the trail and he'd never he'll never let me down so he did what he had to do to make it through that trip and then I took him to the vet and found out man he was he was he was really hurting he was in some oh. bad shape on that trip but yeah, the, the, then uh, Jason, next time he saw him was on land between the lakes and he was loving all over him. So it was, Jaden loves it. <laughs> That's great. So somebody wanted you to know that you got them through the COVID lockdown. No joke. <laughs> Binge watching David Gray videos, probably. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's what Mike I did too. <laughs> I like, well, that, that, that's kind of where it all started. You know, I, I, I didn't do back, back in the days when I started all of this, YouTube was really like, like Flickr for sharing pictures yeah. with your family and stuff. I mean, it wasn't for doing any of the stuff we do on it now. And so I was using YouTube at the time to like, like record our, my trips or whatever and share them with my dad, my sister, whoever. So it was really more of a, a, a family thing. And so I could, you know, cause I, I, I did all these trips when I was growing up, my dad was a college professor and we would, we would go on these like two month camping trips out West. He didn't have a lot of money, but he had a lot of time. And so we would pack up the old station wagon, you know, the Woody station wagon, <laughs> like, like, the, what yes. is it? Vacation, Chevy chase vacation. Yeah. We had, we had one of those and we would That's just, great. we would start driving and we would camp in the old uh, national park um, campgrounds that were five bucks a night. And back in those days, they were never full. You know, you just pull in, you'd find some camp spot and that's what we would do for like eight weeks at a time. And so it was, you know, it, it, it to me it was just like like you know living a dream and my and my brother but i never had any memories from it you know i had nothing we you know we there there's nothing i can look back on other than maybe a few pictures i might be able to find which which i don't have so i wanted to have something that we could share with the kids and and for me you know that i could remember trips by so that's kind of how it all started is just something that i could record record the trips and share them with the family and share share them with myself and then and those early trips in the middle of the winter, you know, I live in Indiana. So the middle of the winter, you're not, not doing a whole lot other than sitting inside. I would pull up the videos and I'd be watching the, you know, the mountain trips from out West. And yeah, so I, uh, you know, I think some people do the same thing, but I, I do the same thing too. I love looking, I go, I go back to some of those, my favorite trips and watch them over and over and over again. They're, they're my favorite thing to do is relive some of that stuff. Speaking of that, uh, somebody on here said they did your Smoky Mountain Little River Trail hike when we doing the CDT Grand Lake trip in <laughs> August. Thank you for all you do in informative trips. So question, you did the Little River Trail hike. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like seven miles, six, seven miles up to that Tyler, campsite. Yeah. Yep. That campsite is awesome. Like, yeah. I did that one in September. It was either August or September. And I was telling somebody, I always want to go to Smokies. I want to see a payoff because, you know, you're in the mountains. And the payoff on that place is the campsite. It's oh, like yeah. you're just surrounded by all these different forks of the river and everything. And I mean, it's just awesome. So yeah. I didn't know you did that one. I have to go find yep. that. 
Now you, you started doing these YouTube videos and obviously the more you do, the better you get at not only getting the footage, but also editing the footage. And yeah, well, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> Am I right that you went back and um, took some of your older footage and have remastered and re-edited that? Yeah, yeah. I call them like the, what do the kids call it? The hashtag TBT, throwback time videos. I don't know all this hashtag stuff, but so I, I kind of got in, in it with that. But yeah, it was, well, one of the things that had always bothered me were the older videos that I had done. And there were some good ones. There were some Western trips in there, but, but back in the early days of YouTube, um, my channel, uh, and I don't know what the rules are nowadays, but it was limited to like 15 minute uploads oh. and you couldn't, I don't even know if they had high definition capability back then. I mean, I started doing those things back in like 2010. And so some of the earliest videos were just horrific to look at, but you know, I recorded everything in full HD. So I had all of this like original footage and it just always bugged me. These things were out there. So I always had this plan in mind to go back to some of those earlier videos and, and my editing skills were pretty, pretty bad. I and mean, I wouldn't say they're fantastic now, but they've improved over time. And so I wanted to go back to some of the earlier videos and redo them, you know, to make them as good as I could possibly make them. And, and plus the early camera I used, it was a what was it called? It was like a Panasonic. It was one of the earliest HD cameras from like 2005, 2006. And it was a, like a Panasonic, what was it? A SD9, HD SD9 or something it was called. And it had horrible image stabilization. I, I don't even know if it had optical image stabilization. So I would record these things and the camera was like shaking <laughs> like, well, they, they got offboard image stabilization now. So I wanted to go back and apply some image stabilization, improve the audio, improve the editing. And so I've done that on, I don't know how many I've done, probably four or five of them and it, like a Western trip or some of the early trips. And, I, it, you know, it just it always bothered me that people, people, the more the, the more the videos, the recent videos became more and more popular, people would go back and look at the older ones and they were like embarrassing. So <laughs> I start I started this whole series of, of the new ones. And, and you know, I, I, I'll continue that with some of them is just, yeah. you know, to get through until I got to the point. I think the first one that I did with a what I would call a real camera was like the 2014 Glacier trip. And even that one, I don't think I recorded at the full HD upload. Um, you know, just, I just didn't think that way back then. Yeah. Yeah. A long ways. Cause now, now it's like full 4k, you know, you're doing stuff and uploading in 4k. And I mean, it's these recent and some of that stuff, like, like the one, I think that it, the, the yellow did a Yellowstone trip and uh, a couple years ago and wind river range. And man, it just shows if you, if you watch those on a full 4k TV, I mean, it's just incredible. You know, some of that, that scenery and the lighting and the mountains and everything with a 4k. So it's, it's worth it. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Well, I was going to say, I, I want to show people some of, of what you do besides just doing video because people need to see the photography that you do. So I'm going to pull up some pictures if that's okay with you. Okay. Quick, yeah, no, that's good. So people can see these. Yeah. Um, if you're now, listening, <clears throat> this is, if you're listening to the recorded episode on your podcast platform, you go to the yeah. Back you're not going to see this. Channel. <laughs> yeah, you need to go to the YouTube channel, Backpacking Podcast, on YouTube, yes. so that you can see this. I mean, these are insane. Like this first one. Tell tell us about this first picture. This is it's a picture from it was taken actually from the parking lot of um uh what's that? oh uh, Did you say Clingman's Dome. 
Klingman's Dome. Yeah, I was drawing a blank yeah. there. Klingman's Dome uh, in Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And this actually was taken after I finished the hike from the parking lot, you know, which is also like the trailhead up there. And the the clouds were streaming over the top of the mountain, which you can kind of see on the right side of the picture. And it was like literally just flying at 30, 40, 50 miles an hour over the top of this mountain. And so every, every few seconds you would get a different kind of shot. And this was actually kind of looking out over the mountains. It was just a spectacular scene. And it was late in the year. I think I did this hike in October. And so you were just getting some of the early full fall colors coming through, which you can kind of see amongst the evergreens here on the top. And it was, the lighting was, was pretty harsh. It was actually, um, I took this as an, what's called an HDR picture. So it was a, uh, at that time, I, I can't remember which camera I was using at that time, but it was a compilation of multiple exposures. And then you combine, combine them on the computer. So it gives the, the picture a more natural look like what your eye sees. But the, yeah, these, some of these pictures from the top up there were just unbelievable. That was, and I was, I was, it was a rough hike. It didn't work out as planned. I hadn't done my planning in advance. So listen to anybody who wants to hike down the Great Smoky Mountains National Park is do your planning in advance because you will not get a briefing from a ranger. You get your permits online. And I didn't realize many of the trails that I needed to hike on this trip were going to be closed. And so I had to bail early. And I actually got back to my car through a shuttle service. <laughs> I, I think I bailed to the Elkmont campground, which was about, you know, a full hour plus drive away from where my car was. And then I had to figure out how to get back to the car. There's no cell phone coverage, by the way, in Elkmont campground. So I was lucky I found the little park kiosk. And I mean, it was literally some lady that had a cash register and was selling, you know, like three little counters full of stuff. And she had a landline phone, you know, who has a landline phone anymore yeah. wow. and a phone book. So it was like, when's the last time you went digging through the yellow pages of a phone book to try to find a shuttle service? But so I'm calling shuttle service after shuttle service and most of them would come out and some, then finally some lady said, yeah, I'll come and get you, you know, for 120 bucks or whatever. And it was the best wow. $120 I ever spent in my life. And I was so happy when I took that picture, I had made it back to my car. I had survived the trip. And that was, it was literally one of those trips. You don't say, Hey, you know, I successfully completed it. It was literally, I survived this trip and, um, I was pretty glad to be up there. And, and then, then I was greeted by that scene with that picture. So it was pretty impressive. That's awesome. We got another picture here, Jeremiah, if you want to pull this one up real quick. Yeah, for sure. Let us know uh, where this one was. This is Glacier National Park. Um, this is Mac Lake McDonald, McDonald Lake, Lake McDonald, I guess it is. And for anybody who's ever been out to Glacier, this is the scene that's always there. I've, I've done three Glacier trips, and I've probably done another three or four like car camping trips or drive trips through there. And this is the same scene that's always there. Um, probably a little different. A couple things have changed it. They got some... Um, invasive species in that lake so they got a little wigged out about letting anybody kind of go boating in there anymore but there's a you could rent these boats and kind of run around in, in the lake and this was the morning of before we started our hike this was in 2014 we did the north fork area with my son christian and we were starting out of bowman lake and um 
you always stop in in Apgar Village, and there's like a little restaurant there that you can get, you know, your your basic like, uh, you know, standard breakfast that I like to have: scrambled eggs and hash browns and bacon. And then you walk over to the lake, and there's this beach there and this dock area. And every single time I've ever been to that that spot, um, the lighting is different. Uh, you know, everything is different about it. last time I was there, there were forest fires in the background, but the lighting, the sun was just kind of coming up over the mountains. The view was like looking straight East. And that was also another, um, it was another HDR shot cause I was kind of taking it right into the sun. Uh, but it was, you know, just a spectacular scene. And, and the thing is you kind of get used to seeing stuff like that in glacier. It's pretty typical scene in glacier in the early mornings. Now, how do you decide how to compose those shots? Well, I, I, I'm a fan of, um, you know, the old Kodak um, rule of thirds kind of thing. You know, it's like you divide your, your picture. I, I'm kind of an old school Ansel Adams guy. I mean, I've been, I've been doing photography going all the way back to the, the, the 70s. Um, I, was, I was getting paid for photography when I was in, uh, you know, in high school and college. Uh, back in the days, I had a dark room. I had an apartment at, in college back in the 70s, and, and I had a dark room in my apartment, and I was doing <laughs> photography for the college. Wow. The old way back. back. Yeah, way back. Well, I'll tell you, uh, the backpacking came way later. The video came way later, but the photography is kind of where it all started from. So it's really, you know, the rule of thirds that always stuck with me. There, there were old, I think this all came out of like some old Kodak books where it was just like the basic of basics of composition and all that. And it just had basic rules of diagonals kind of running into your, to draw the, the viewer into your scenes and, and having your main subjects not be in the center of your picture, but it being in one of the third corners or whatever. And, and I've just always followed that stuck with me from back in the time when I was a teenager. So it's, it's kind of a, kind of a natural thing. And then when you, you know, I take the picture and, and typically when I take pictures, I, I typically use, and I think that picture was taken with a 20 millimeter lens, which is my standard lens that I take on trips now, both for video and photography. And, um, I leave extra room around it so that when I, especially nowadays with these cameras that are like, I think the camera, I take the, the, the Nikon D810, which is my primary still photography camera that I use as a 36 megapixel camera. So it's just this ginormous, I mean, it gives you this enormous canvas to work on. You don't have to worry about trying to crop it at the scene. So I leave myself plenty of room to do stuff with it later um, when I come back to the computer and, and work on it here to compose it the way that I want. Well, here's another one that I think looks incredible. I mean, this is, this yeah, is this was, uh, this was in the Holy Cross or I'm, I'm sorry, this was in the collegiate peaks wilderness. Um, that is, uh, Mount Yale in the background, that, that storm, the, the big, the highest point that you see there in the background, kind of left of center, uh, is Mount Yale. It's a 14 er and, and this is at Hartenstein Lake, which is, um, about a mile. Think of it, think of Hartenstein Lake kind of going off on a cul-de-sac about a mile uphill from the main trail. So it doesn't get, I don't think a lot of people head over there, but it's a, just a spectacular lake. The The real popular lake in that area is Cranky Lake, and you go over Browns Pass to get to it on the Continental Divide Trail. And we had, I was on a hike with my son Christian on this trip, and so we found this campsite on Hartenstein Lake. 
And we were just sitting there in camp. And as often, this was in August in Colorado. And anybody who's hiked in August in Colorado gets to see this scene quite a bit. <laughs> because every afternoon, you're going to get thunderstorms um, building up. And what you don't want to, where you don't want to be when something like that rolls in is on the top of Mount Yale. <laughs> in the background. Right. Um, and if you've right. ever been in Colorado, I know you have, you have Jeremiah's. Uh, yeah you get these thunderstorms building up in the afternoon and if you're above tree line when it kind of rolls in, it makes you feel really small. <laughs> yes. yes. And you realize how uh, fragile a human being can be in a thunderstorm in the mountains. But um, so we sat there in our camp and we had this fire going and it was just, it was just a really, really nice scene. And we just sat and watched this thunderstorm develop gradually over time. And, and that's the only picture I think I really put out. I don't know where you guys are getting these pictures from probably in, Instagram. Yeah. Um, but what you don't see is the series of shots that I took and they're probably in the YouTube video I did as you see it kind of gradually explode, literally exploding uh, because it, it, it developed so quickly. And then you saw the lightning and the thunder, you could hear the thunder from the, and we were, it was moving in the opposite direction. So the cool thing about that one was we knew it wasn't coming towards us. So we're sitting at this fire at this beautiful campsite on this lake in the mountains all to ourselves. There was nobody else within miles of us probably. And we're just sitting on this log, enjoying this fire, just watching what I call nature TV <laughs> in front of us. And literally, you know, that wasn't, we didn't hike to take that picture. That picture just kind of like happened in front of us. And it, it gradually developed from a, you know, almost a blue sky or just your normal puffy white cloud sky, which is kind of what can happen in Colorado in August. I'm sure that uh, it's a lot easier now <laughs> because you can waste as many shots as you want. Oh, yeah. It's all free. <laughs> yeah. Take as many as you want and then yeah. use, I assume you use Lightroom to edit. Yeah. Yeah. I use Lightroom yeah. almost for everything now. I mean, Lightroom has gotten so good. Uh, that you'd almost every once in a while I'll have to pull up Photoshop or something to do, yeah. to do something. And then, then a lot of the pictures I take are HDR pictures, um, yeah. you know, just because I've found, and I try to make them as natural as possible. I mean, you can do some real goofy ass stuff with, with <laughs> HDR pictures, which I don't, you know, and even that picture of glacier, the, the, the picture you guys pulled up glacier was a little bit more of a stylized picture. Yeah, but I like that look because it matched what my eye saw from that picture. But the one from Hartenstein Lake is an HDR picture. But but nowadays I try I like to make them as natural as I possibly can. But they to me they match if if you and you almost have to look at it in comparison to the the standard exposure images. But to me they match more what your eye because your your brain has the ability to fill in to to expand the, the kind of the dynamic range of light that your ca digital camera cannot do. Now, now, nowadays, by the way, um, cameras are getting much better at that. Yeah. Um, but in some of the earlier digital cameras I had, it, it just didn't have the dynamic range to match what your eye was seeing. So I, 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 I used a lot of HDR just to kind of make it, make it more natural for, for what I remember the scene looking like. Yeah, well, we got another one too. We got a bunch of these pictures, man. These are oh, geez. <laughs> we can do these things. All this is great, man. Nice. I, I, I never, I've never spent time kind of looking at photography. This is great. Um, yeah. I always talk about backpacking or gear or videos or whatever. So photography is cool. This is the Wind River Range, um, and this was Marms Lake, I believe it was. This trip, this was our first trip to the Wind River Range. And um, we knew going in, 
you know, I, I had always wanted to go to the Wind River Range forever. I was a little bit intimidated it's the same way I kind of sort of feel about desert trips because I'm, I'm not that knowledgeable of the area or whatever, but well, I, I got lucky in that I was able to meet up with, uh, done a lot of trips with Travis and Travis had done a um, ton of trips in the Wind River Range and he knows this area like the back of his hand. And um, so, you know, we said, Hey, let's go, let's go and do the winds. And the problem is that Travis, Travis works in the NFL. And so his hiking season ends about the first week in July well, that's, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, for some of these Western trips, you know, you really, if you've never done any Western trips, you really want to be thinking more late July into August because, you know, as much as I'm from the Midwest and we think of the 4th of July, like the middle of the summer, I've learned that it can be like, and you have two, Jeremiah, you, uh, the, you know, early trips in the mountains can be like wintertime still. And I learned that on my first trip to one of my first trips to Colorado where we went up to the Zirkle Wilderness on the 4th of July and there was still four feet of snow on the entire area of the trail well so this was an early season trip it was late June um, in the winds and we had wanted to do either the circuit the two two really popular hikes there to head out to Island Lake and um, the Titcomb Basin which is in the northern area of the winds or the Cirque of Towers it's called which is more kind of in the southern area of the winds and so our, our primary plan was to go out to the um, Island Lake, which is the trip that, that um, Carl and I actually did the year later. Um, what was that? 2019, Carl and I actually made that trip out to Island, Island Lake. But when we showed up in, um, uh, what's the name of the town in? Uh, I can't even remember, in Wyoming. I, 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 I'll think of it in a second. Um, 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 um or the log cabin motel, Pinedale. So we, we showed up in Pinedale and you head to the local outfitter there. There's a local outfitter that's the source of all knowledge. And we walked in and he said, it was a kind of an older guy sitting there. He goes, never be able to do that hike, guys. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> just, there's, there's a lake there. Um, you got to kind of hike right along the edge of a lake. And he said that trails under like three feet of water and having now done that hike, I know exactly the spot that he's talking about because it's kind of like more like sheer cliffs and the whole trail was underwater. And so we kind of immediately changed our plans um, to the hike that we ended up doing, which was uh, kind of out to Dad's Lake and Marm's Lake um, in, in that area, if you're familiar with the winds. Well, the problem is that um, the snow had really just melted. And so the mosquitoes were out in force. Oh, this was, this oh. was the mosquito trip. So that shot as beautiful as it is. Somebody actually commented on that on the thing already. But what you, what you can't picture is like you're the reason we chose the camp spots we did on that hike, which were like, to, there were campsites you would never ever choose in a million years on a normal hike. But, but our whole mindset had changed because the second you stopped anywhere, you were swarmed by mosquitoes, even when you were hiking. And, and so we found these campsites that were totally exposed, which is like where that picture was taken from was actually from our campsite. And the wind was just like constant. And as long as the wind was up, you know, like 15 miles an hour, there were no mosquitoes. But um, the, the second it stopped when it died down at night, well, at night, at least we had a fire. And so that kind of kept the mosquitoes away a little bit. But in the morning when there was no fire, or when you had to go to the bathroom in the woods, that was that was an experience. Oh, <laughs> and having mosquitoes eat you. Oh yeah, it was the best, man. Oh yeah, yeah. sounds like but, an awesome. But it, what it did do is 
no matter any place I, and I've been like when we did Yellowstone in 2019 and we had one campsite that was really a ton of mosquitoes, but it's always the saying is, Hey, these are nowhere near as bad as the winds. I mean, you're getting totally swarmed, which would normally be like a hundred times worse than anything you're used to. And it's like, Hey, this isn't half as bad as the winds. <laughs> so it's, it's the, it's the trip that set the bar for, for mosquitoes at least. Whenever uh, I'm off the long trail. It wasn't mosquitoes. It was those freaking uh, the black, black fly. flies. Oh, oh, oh I hate black flies. Oh, there, there were some mosquitoes. I haven't done a black fly trip yet, and, and oh, I hope never oh. to, but they're nasty. I was, I'm going up to Michigan. We're doing pictured rocks, and I've heard if you're not careful, sometimes you can catch those black flies up there. So we're pretty, We're hoping. We're going in May, so we're not sure if it's going to be bad by that point or not, but we'll see what happens. shouldn't be in yeah. May. Yeah, it's it's yeah. usually a later later summer thing. Oh, I would, I would actually... June. Uh, I, I went to Vermont in in summer, like end of May, July, pooping in mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, Doc Watson knows. It was so bad, man. And like there's privies everywhere, but a lot of the privies were just three walls on a platform, you know? So yeah. you all those. But I remember I would stop and take like a break and try to eat a snack. And you would have to take your pants and tuck them into your socks. If you're wearing shorts, just forget about it. Tuck yeah. it into the socks. Tuck your long sleeves into gloves and put on uh, the bug head net. I don't know if you use those. Oh but- yeah. Well, and as a matter of, as a matter of fact, you know, it, it, as bad as that video was, and you know, for the mosquitoes and how bad the bugs were, you know, we didn't we didn't even think about wearing shorts. And my pants were treated with permethrin. So I, somebody had turned me on to that stuff and, and I had a wind jacket on and everything was treated, everything was treated in permethrin. And, it, you know, then we had the bug net. And so you would, you know, it was kind of creepy because you just hear this constant buzzing sound and all that, but it really, you kind of got used to it after a while, I think, you know, except, you know, it was, it was bad, but they weren't really biting you as bad as you might think, because we had all of these clothes on that were treated. So it, it actually worked out pretty well. Okay, so we're to the last picture, but this okay, one is the one. one that that touches my heart the most. So okay, this this is the one that means the most to me. You so guys are surprising me with all these. So oh, Miguel's Pizza, man, Red yeah. River Gorge. <laughs> oh, mean, you hit me with you hit me with Miguel's at the end. Yes, yeah. For anybody anybody who's ever been to the Red River Gorge, um, you, you know you know you, yeah, well. You either know about Miguel's or you should know about Miguel's. But this is um, an iconic place uh and i remember the first time i did the red river gorge and i can't even remember what it was like 2012 and i had i had done some research in advance and uh you know everybody talked about of course you got to make the obligatory trip to miguel's and i didn't know what miguel's was so i'm <laughs> driving around with it's just me and Jaden that year and it was pretty early in my backpacking career so this was one of my early trips and I'm just driving around, kind of exploring the area, and I come upon this, I, and it was just there's nothing out there. And then all of a sudden, I round this bend, and back then, it's different nowadays. But back then, it was just this building, and then they had this huge field out back of it, and the field was entirely filled with tents. Yep. This was probably in April. I would think it was in April, and and I, I see these like, and and it just struck me because it was like man, I am in the middle of nowhere and here's like 200 tents. And I came upon this parking lot and the parking lot was just packed with like hundreds of cars. And 
I go, this has got to be Miguel's. And so I pull in the parking lot and I see this site. This was back in 2012 was the first time I was there. And it was like, oh man, this is Miguel's. And it reminded, and I'm walking around with a camera and it's all these like, you know, college kids. It all, it reminded me of like Woodstock is, is what it really oh, reminded me of. And everybody's looking at me funny, you know, and I walk around with a camera a lot. I've done a lot of crazy things with the camera filming people, but I've never had people look at me like I'm some kind of like narc or a cop or something. And so I really felt like, like awkward filming anybody. So I kind of put the camera away because they're giving me these dirty looks like, Hey man, who's this cop walking around taking pictures of us, but they're all kind of out <laughs> doing all these kids doing their things. And they're dressed like, you know, they're dressed like Woodstock they're, and they were all um, rock climbers. You know, that's like the big Mecca for the rock climbers oh, yeah. and they just hang out there. And, and back in those days, it was all in a tent. And then Miguel's would have breakfast burritos in the morning for them. So they would feed them and they had just incredible pizza. And it's the place, my pizza had always been growing up. And to this day, it was always ham, bacon, and pepperoni. And so those, that's what I will ham, bacon, and pepper. So I walk in Miguel's and I order a ham, bacon, and pepperoni pizza. And they say, well, what's your fourth ingredient? And I go, no, I just want ham, bacon, and pepperoni. And they go, well, it's the same price. <laughs> if you've ever been to Miguel's, it's the craziest thing ever. They charge you one price for, for no, like cheese. Then they charge you another price for two ingredients and another price for four ingredients, another price for six and eight. So the price of uh, whether you get three or four ingredients is the same. And I'm like, well, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. And I think it's still that way to today. You know, it's just the crazy. So, so I go, well, well, what do you suggest? And they go, oh, we make a killer handmade chorizo and i'm yeah, like they do. oh yeah. Ooh, that sounds so that was what turned me on to chorizo i had never even thought about chorizo on a pizza now if i ever find a place that's got ham bacon pepperoni and chorizo that's my and there is a place i live in in carmel indiana there is a place locally here that does that and they make their own chorizo too the crust isn't nearly as good as miguel's but um yeah that was and on top of that so i go um I go, what kind of beers do you guys have? This is 2012. It's different now. But 2012, they go, oh, that's a dry county. And I go, yep. it's a dry county. And they were all walking around with their AL8s. AL8. Yeah. I'd never yeah. never seen AL8. Everybody's got bottles of AL8, uh, refundable bottles, you know, the kind that you don't throw yep. away. You know, you get your five cent deposit back. And, and I go, yes, don't, I gotta have, this was like after I had hiked all day and I, I hadn't backpacked that, that particular year we were kind of exploring it. So I had a campground at Coomer Ridge campground and we had a camp, it was me and me and Jade and we're going to share our pizza. And I, I hadn't, I'd set up a camp. So I'd gone down to Miguel's to get the pizza and I, I go, I gotta have beer. And they go, well, you can go just up to the County line at the beer trailer. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Beer trailer. So I'm thinking like some Winnebago, some dude selling like six packs of beer across the county line. And so I go driving up the road and I can't, can't find the beer trailer. And I drove, she said it was about a mile up the road. So I drive about four miles up the road. There's no beer trail trailer. So I go back to Miguel's and I go, I couldn't find the beer trailer. And she goes, Oh, you can't miss it. It's like there's flags all over the place and everything. And, and so I keep driving and I finally find this place. that has got all those flags kind of hanging out that, flutter in the wind and all that and and it was just it wasn't a trailer it was just ginormous but i bought our i bought our our beer for the night and jaden and i went back to coomer ridge campground and shared that pizza and our i didn't give jaden the beer but i did give him a little bit of the pizza 
<laughs> Anyways, it's kind of a long story to explain the Miguel's picture, isn't it? Well, <laughs> but that I Miguel's would... picture was just taken recently, so it's a little well, different now. My first trip to Miguel's was in the '90s. I was in I was in college in Eastern Kentucky, and we came out to the gorge. These guys were like, "You have to come check out the gorge," and I was like, "I'm from Ohio at the time," and I'm like, "I have no idea what they're talking about." And we got to Miguel's afterwards, and. I mean, now we're talking almost a 30 year relationship with, with Miguel's for me. So, uh, I'm man, shorter, I, but, well, it's, it's totally different now. I mean, they, they, yeah. it's, they've literally turned it into like a, you know, almost like a hostel type play. They have a big building out there where everybody stays and it's more of a, uh, you know, built up structure out there. Oh, and it's, and it, the inside looks like a restaurant now. It doesn't look like yeah. a bunch of bus seats, you know, they've, they've I think they, I think they've made it bigger too. Uh, than the first, when the first yep. time I was there, they, I think they've expanded it out the back. So it's, uh, they've done a good business and, yeah. and rightly so it's, it's a, it's, you got, if you're ever in the gorge, you got to go there. Yep. Yeah, I think they, David, yeah. David, I have to ask you, we we're big on hitting the hard hitting questions. Okay. <laughs> on, on, I can see this, that on this podcast. And so, <laughs> Everybody wants to know this. This is this is this is kind of that unicorn thing, like where people just don't know how it's possible. But why does your hair always look perfect? <laughs> well, like, you 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 look at any of your trip videos, it seems like your hair is always perfect. And it's just like, how does this guy pull that off? Well, if you look at the last trip video, many of the comments have been about my bedhead hair the second day because my hair, it's kind of slicked down here. I actually took a shower, right? But I wanted to clean up for you guys. So I, um, I, it's actually kind of a little bit wet and everything, but it's a little longer than it normally is because of the whole COVID thing. I haven't been going and getting it cut as often as I, I normally would. And I usually, I usually would keep it kind of short for trips so it wouldn't look too gnarly but on this last last trip it was kind of long and i had this just epic mohawk thing going on the second nice. day you know from from like the day of you know trail grime and sweat and dirt and everything so it's almost like gel and you know trail gel in your hair and then they're tossing and turning all night long so actually people have you, you mentioned that but people have made the comment on this last video that i had like the epic you know trail hair going on the second day so not always like that. <laughs> nice. What's the deal with the green buff? That well, that that is. I don't remember when I got that, but it's a merino wool buff. Actually, buff is the brand, and um, th they make a million different styles of that kind of thing. Most of them are like in a polyester material, but I really wanted something that was wool. You know that I could use in various ways. And back in the day, um, they sold an army green one. So I go, okay, that sounds like cool. And so I use it like for temperature regulation, mostly, you know, because it's just kind of a thin layer of wool. And the cool thing is that you can also double it up, you know, if you want it to be a little bit warmer or you can use it to wipe things down or as a neck warmer, you can make it into like a gator kind of thing if you want, but it's just unbelievably versatile. And, and so I've always used that thing, but I remember... My original, somebody out there has my original green one, my cherished original green one with all the holes that I had earned over time. I lost it at the uh, mid uh, the Ohio YouTube meetup group thing, November of 2019. So somebody out there has my original, but I remembered and they don't. 50 the, the, bucks the, says it was restless. 50 bucks well, says it was restless. Probably <laughs> was, but. but but the thing is, they don't make that color anymore. They, they don't make that original army green color. 
So I ended up buying a replacement for it, but they call it like the spruce color, which is more of a bluish green type color. But then yeah. I remembered I'd actually bought a second one for my son uh, in the original army green and he never liked it. He never used it. And so I found that in like, you know, like you're buried deep in your bins that you've got out in your storage thing. So I actually have the original my second version of the original army green one I still have, but yeah, that's, it's just an unbelievably versatile thing for temperature regulation, you know, so I can, I can put it on real quick or I can double it up or I can, you know, I can flip it around if it gets all sweaty, you know, you can do all kinds of things with it. You can filter water through it. If you get real, real nasty water. Apparently, apparently SBO fanboys stole it. That's what I was going to say. (laughs) Every thing I have that, Either, either Kevin or Andy are wearing that right now. They both. Eat my, <laughs> I'm not sure. Just like one person, can, one person can probably find it on eBay sometime. <laughs> They're gonna do another one of those gear giveaways on their on their live stream, and it's you're gonna see we've got David Gray's original buff right here. <laughs> I'll buy it from him. <laughs> you weren't at that meetup, David. I remember David was looking around for that thing, and oh yeah. Poor guy. He was so Well, I had it. I had it when I showed up. And then later on, it's like, where is that thing? And then I couldn't find it. And, you know, you never find it. You can't ever find it. And, you know, this was like November and all the leaves are down off the trees. There's like no chance of ever finding it. Yeah. He left in a panic, man. Just, uh, my green (laughs) and his go-to is just uh, plopping on the head. You don't do the beanie. Hey, no, nope. you don't do like the bandana style where you tuck it over itself. It's no, just, it's just uh, it's just dangling out back. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's it's awesome. W- it's bl- going in the breeze, whatever it's going to do. <laughs> we got a camera nerd question for you. Uh, okay. Our buddy Hunter, he wants to know what Nikon lens did you get to replace the one you broke on the LBL trip? Ah, Hunter, um, I, I got that lens replaced or uh, repaired. So nice. I haven't replaced it. it. It was um the one for for got an earbud thing here. Um for for people that didn't watch that, I, I had a lens. <laughs> I uh, I I use now a, a Nikon Z6 camera, both for uh, the video and the still pictures, and I use a 24 millimeter Z lens, which goes with it. And on that trip, um and you know it's it's a incredibly abusive environment for photography equipment when you're backpacking (laughs) i can't tell you how many times i've dropped things or things have fallen over well that that night uh for anybody who's watched the video um that was kind of a an epic night and i i kind of let my hair down a little bit so to speak tried to keep up with the young kids which was in hindsight probably a grave mistake um but but somehow or another i think my camera ended up on the ground a couple times and the net result of that is that second day when we were hiking i'm walking along and i noticed my my lens had turned into a two-piece lens <laughs> it literally <laughs> bro- broke in half and i'm like oh, i don't man. think it's supposed to do that uh, the, the front and the back had separated i don't know what it was and and the amazing thing was it still worked um so i but i didn't trust it so i ended up filming the last part of that trip actually with my um, iphone which which really worked remarkably well for with 4k video i was really impressed by it but but Hunter Hunter was on the trip and he knows that the, the lens broke. Um, so I sent it into Nikon. I only bought that thing less than a year ago. So I was hoping they would cover it under repair, which they originally did. 
And then they sent me back a thing and said, oh, by the way, we've noticed there's some impact damage on this thing. It's not covered by warranty. So, so it cost me a little bit of coin to get it fixed. Uh, and I'll answer his question because I did use a, a different lens um, on, on the Alabama trip because I didn't have it back yet. Um, but, but they sent it back to me like just absolutely miraculously, like three or four days before that Alabama trip, they sent it back to me. And I was so happy because I never expected to come in in time. And it didn't work. I put it on my lens and all it did was I turned the camera on and it would say lens air and it wouldn't recognize the lens was even there. It would make all these funny noises. And I was, so I was hoping it was something on my part, you know, that I maybe a firmware update or something I had to do. No luck. I had to send it back in for repair a second time. Um, And they did, I did get it back and it does work perfectly. So it'll be on, on the next trip. Um, But in the meantime, before, before, when I originally got the Nikon Z6, I didn't have any Z lenses. There were hardly any of them out. And so they make what's called a FTZ adapter, which is an F mount to a Z mount adapter adapter. And I have a ton of old lenses. So on, on this Alabama trip, I actually used my 20 millimeter F mount lens with F to Z adapter. But if you ever look at the original trip I did with the Z6, which was the Z6 is a, a phenomenal camera, but it's a hell of a learning experience to, to dial it in, how to work it. And, and I used it the first time on my first trip in 2019. And I didn't the, the, the problem with using those F mount lenses is with an external microphone. I use a Rode Stereo Video Mic Pro microphone. It picks up everything. I mean, it's unbelievably sensitive microphone. And yep. those F-mount lenses have a lot of focus motor noise. And you'll even notice it a couple of times on the Alabama trip. I, I've learned since that I have to put it in manual mode and focus it manually so it doesn't try to focus automatically. But if you leave it in automatic focus mode, just constantly you hear this from the oh, focus wow. motor trying constantly. You know, even, even though it's in focus, it's trying to just adjust it perfectly and it just the noise gets picked up by the microphone so it's a the the 20 millimeter f mount lens is a fantastic lens with that but you really you know it takes it's a little bit of a high maintenance thing you got to focus it manually and i forgot a few times yeah there was a guy actually who uh watts wildlife said hey guys i go to murray state university 30 minutes from lb and believe it or not i was in the same pics of bay the same morning you all uh, not 300 yards from your camp photographing eagles. Yeah, he was. Ball world. I think he was. He was over. He, I think he was over by the boat ramp that was right across the way from where we were camped. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's well, and yeah, there were people. I mean, that that night there was boats going by, and they were doing some stuff with the the Asian carp. You know, it was a lot a lot of stuff going on that night. <laughs> yeah, and the ass was waking me up. The lake literally freezing. Yeah. <laughs> And then cracking and waking. Yeah, that's the first time I've gone down to the water source, and I had to break my break myself a hole in there in the water to find a way to get water in the morning. And then I don't know if you did this, Jeremiah, that morning. There was like only one spot where you could go out there and get water, where there were rocks and stuff. And and I'm getting water out of the lake, and there's like a dead carp, like a dead fish, like four inches away from where I was collecting yeah. the water. It's like, oh man, <laughs> <laughs> gotta go find go find a new spot. Timmy carp taste in water. Timmy had one of those like pump, like you could pump the the filter and then it's got yeah. a hose so you can fill up like multiple bottles. Dude, yeah, that was one of those spots that would have been great for a filter pump like that. Yeah, there were still dead fish. For those that don't know, like Kentucky Lake and Lake Barkley are on each side of LBL, and there's Asian carp getting in there, and they're super invasive. And so they were like they had a 
like a boat out there with a giant fishing net trying to get rid of as many as possible. They're doing a lot of work out there. Epic trip, though. Now, yeah. Okay, so the Asian carp are those the ones where if they put the ones that jump, yeah, and they go they, flying on like jump people in the head. Well, and stuff? A, it, they get agitated and they jump out of the water. So you can imagine you can't like do any, you know, if they get bad enough in the lake, you can't do any water skiing or anything. Yeah, they'll, you know, they'll just nail you. Yeah, they're they're nasty. Well, I've I've seen videos where they're catching them by like doing something to agitate them and they jump right in the boat. <laughs> yeah, that's the Asian carp. <laughs> So we have a request, Jeremiah. People are wanting you to do the uh, poop hammock review at some point. Oh, <laughs> so I was going to ask David. So David. <laughs> that was a poop hammock review. <laughs> <laughs> David, what did you think about um, the poop hammock that I brought? That was, well, I, I, that was awesome. I don't know that I would use it necessarily for its intended purpose, but I was thinking even for a place to sit down on the trail, like if you stopped and you wanted to, you know, just there's so many places I've gone where I'm not taking my camp chair and there's no place to sit, no sitting logs or whatever. It would just be awesome just to kind of take a load off. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> definitely take a load off. That thing does double duty. It's, it does. Two kinds of loads. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that was the first time I'd ever seen that. I was impressed. Yeah, that's a pretty impressive piece of gear. Uh, let's see, we got some more comments coming out of here. Uh, oh, we're poop talk time. <laughs> talk time. Everybody oh, was no. waiting for it. It's gone uh, downhill. Yeah. <laughs> David Gray is the coolest OG hiker and camper. Love his dogs. Look, can we talk about your dogs <laughs> for a second? Because because your dogs are the rock stars of your videos. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. I get it. You know, you got um, it's Jaden and Bailey, um, and Jaden is actually spelled. Everybody spells it J A Y D E N. It's actually J A D E N, and he's been with me on every trip since the beginning. Um, he's about fifth. I think he's fifteen years old now, so he's he's been hiking since my first hike, and he's still knocking out the miles. But he's he's definitely well. And and what's amazing about him is if you see him at home, his back legs, his muscles are almost gone in his back legs. He's had, he's had knee surgeries on both knees. He, he tore his ACL equivalent on both knees. I don't know if it was a genetic thing or whatever, but that was years ago, probably when he was, you know, seven, probably close to 10 years ago. And the, the net result of how they had to fix that is I think it changed the geometry of his muscles. So his muscles have kind of atrophied. So his, his back legs, he uses almost as like stilts when he walks. But when he goes on these hikes with me, he somehow manages to will himself to be about half the age that he is. So he just, and it, you know, if you've ever been down uh, in the Chia wilderness, the trip we just did, there's a stretch of rocks down there. that are just nasty. I mean, just nasty for humans and just brutal for dogs. And he would, he would get his legs stuck down in these holes and he'd dig himself out. And I mean, he just like wills himself to keep going. Cause I, I think he just, he lives to be out on the trail still, and he doesn't want to let me down. He doesn't want to let us down. And then Bailey is the, the chocolate lab. Uh, she's I think six now. So yeah, a lot younger, but she's the beast. And oh, the, personality, the personalities of the two are just as night and day as you can imagine. I mean, Bailey's like a Tasmanian devil. And, and I mean, she's got two, two energy positions, you know, on and off. And there's like nothing in between. And Jaden is like the most mellow, gentle, sweetest dog ever. And the thing about him and everybody who's ever hiked with him, you know, I think Travis, the first time he hiked with Jaden, Jaden is the dog that wants to make sure everybody's okay. 
And so like when I used to hike, when I would hike in Colorado with Christian and my son and he would get ahead of me and we'd kind of hike our own separate paces, Jaden would go back and forth between us, you know, constantly checking to make sure that we're both okay. And the first time I hiked with, with Travis in the Dolly sods and he was getting some leg cramps. So he was lagging a little behind Jaden kept going back to check on him, you know, just to kind of make sure he was okay. And, you know, he had somebody to hike with or whatever. So it just, greatest hiking dogs uh you know and, and jane's getting to that point now where you know i realize he, he's not going to be around a whole lot longer and it you know every time i think about it, it brings tears to my eyes just thinking about not having him with me on these trips but he's still knocking it off now as so, long as jason wish doesn't try and kill him that's all that matters yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i was backpacking with jason oh, that's right jason wall that's right jason wish hasn't jason. tried to kill him yet no, so. jason wish just tried to break your knee in the adirondacks right was that what it was <laughs> yeah well he was jason was long gone I, he couldn't handle hiking the pace that i was doing i was dragging everybody down but um yeah he was with us on that trip but he didn't hurt my knee that was me <laughs> was i actually had somebody ask how your knee is doing it's good. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it was a torn meniscus. So, you know, the funny, the funny part about that is, uh, it, it it's one of those episodes that re- you makes you realize like, cause I do a lot of hiking on my own and I'm always kind of sensitive about, man, I don't want to get hurt here. This would be really bad. <laughs> and it was one of those moments where it was like, man, if, if I had really messed this up bad enough that I couldn't have walked, I would have been taking the helicopter ride out of there. I mean, there was just no other way about it. And it was one of those moments where you start to realize that. And I, I carry the little satellite gizmo now. Um, realized that a few years ago, just hiking solo on some of these trips, you just, you know, for safety state, you, you just kind of got to have that. But when I did that injury, um, it was kind of like what ended up happening was my this really steep. If you've ever hiked in the Adirondacks coming off the Gothics, it's an unbelievably steep descent um, the way we went. And my lower foot, it was actually, it was like one of those spots where you kind of let your guard down because you were through the worst of it. And I, I let my lower foot kind of slipped underneath me. Um, and my back foot was kind of stuck on the rocks. And I went into this like hurdler stretch, like elongated hurdler stretch with my whole pack weight coming down on it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it kind of makes me cringe even thinking about it now. And I could feel it like, Oh, that did not feel good. And, and so I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting there and actually I was, we were just in Sylvester, you know, it's good in the woods is his channel. And he goes, dude, that looked nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear him like, saying that. Lot, dude, man. I can lot. hear Just, him saying yeah, that. Yeah, it was like, right out, it's like, yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> and I'm like, so I sat there for a second. I'm like, I don't know, you know, and, and I got up and it was like, man, I think I can still walk on this. And, and I'm like, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm okay. And, and it was, and it didn't swell up or anything. So I'm like, yeah. And, and I knew I could, I could tell something was goofed up on it but I could still walk. And so we walked the, the couple of days to get out of there. And like, like it was, and, and I had had a knee, knee injury similar to that before that have actually healed up, you know? So I go, okay, I give it enough time and, and it'll heal up. And the problem was like two weeks later, it was getting better. I was riding my bike. I was doing spin class. I was doing all the stuff I normally do. And I twisted on it somehow wrong, you know, just, just going to bed, you know, I was just getting ready to get in bed and I, I, I didn't even think about it and the pain I felt. So, so the little torn part of the meniscus, which may have actually healed, I think it was still intact and in place. Um, 
it got into a bad spot of the knee <laughs> and it's oh. what they call a bucket handle tear. You know, I've, I've learned a lot about meniscus tears and anybody who's had one probably knows what I'm talking about, but it's the, the meniscus looks kind of like a crescent moon and, and I had torn like the upper part of it. And what happens with a bucket handle tear is it kind of that's dislocated and makes it look like a bucket, right? So it's got a handle and a bucket and the handle portion of it had gone into a part of my knee the joint of my knee and I couldn't straighten my knee out anymore. And the pain, oh. the pain was just incredible. And, and the worst part was it never went away, you know, and I couldn't straighten my knee out entirely. So um, I couldn't sleep real well, you know, so my knees kind of like cocked the whole time I'm trying to sleep and, and you would fall asleep. And so your knee would naturally relax and then the pain would wake me up. Oh. And so that went on. So I, I got it, you know, the whole process of going into the orthopedic surgeon and then goes, you know, they take x-rays and, like, yeah, you know, it looks like something here. we got to get an MRI. So then you got to wait. And this is all in the days of COVID, right? You know, so everything wow. takes longer. And then I go get an MRI. Then you got to go back to the orthopedic surgeon. He says, yeah, you got this hand. And he shows me all the beautiful pictures of how messed up my knee is. And then on top of that, oh, by the way, you're really old and you've got arthritis in both knees. So it's like, oh, <laughs> the, the beautiful part of that whole process is you get these wonderful high resolution pictures of how messed up your knees are. After, yeah. You know, yeah. 50, I had a, 50 years. I had, a, I had a knee injury in January and uh, same thing. Like I, what it was for me, I was, we were hiking up the area where you guys were when you went to the River Gorge with these guys and uh, we're hiking along the Sheltoe Trace and uh, we hit the, there's like a boulder sitting in the middle of the trail. So I walked up on it, jumped off. And when I jumped off, I landed funny and jammed my knee. Oh. And, and I remember like it made a weird noise and, and adjusted <laughs> strange. Never good, man. And, and the guy who's hiking with me, he looks at me and he goes, that didn't look good. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm okay. I'll walk this off. And so we hiked another eight, eight miles, like nine miles or something like that after that and got to camp and i told him i said if i wake up in the morning and i look at you and say i'm done i'm done and so i woke up the next morning and looked at him i was like i'm done dude and we ended up wow. hiking two miles out to the to the cars and i what ended up going it? home uh they honestly i got an mri done on it and the first guy who read it said i had a torn meniscus and then when i went and looked at it the doctor played with my knee for a while and he goes does this does this hurt and i said no and he he touched something else and that's what hurt he said that's not your meniscus and he basically told me, he said, when, you know, how you've ever, ever jammed a finger? Yeah. He said, you did that to your knee. Okay. So, and, it'll so heal. and he said, yeah. So he said, you got to just stay off it for about six weeks. And so, uh, my, but I found out the same thing you did. He goes, he goes, yeah, you have some arthritis in your knees. I was like, yeah. awesome. Awesome. Well, and, and I had always, you know, the, the, the sounds, you know, I'm older, older than, than, than most of the folks out on the trail. So, you know, my knees have, have gone through a lot of wear and tear <laughs> in six decades or whatever. And um, so I knew that, you know, when I, the, the sounds my knees make, like when you go to the bathroom in the morning, it's like, <laughs> and, but the good news of the whole thing is, and so they, they, they said, yeah, you got, you got some arthritis in there, but the good news is the weight bearing cartilage is healthy. Yeah. So yeah, my knees will make some noises when you're bending them and all that. But in terms of just the weight bearing stuff, like when you're, you know, just standing, you know, I, I'm in, in no pain when that happens. And so, you know, as long as, as long as I kind of take it easy and try to keep the pack weight down and everything, I think I still got some years in me. Oh, oh. yeah. Well, um, I know it's, it's, it's that sound of like walking on cereal. 
That's what I always yeah. compare it to. Like if you were walking on a thing of yeah. Cheerios, that's what my knees sound like when I straighten them yeah. out sometimes. I know, I know that sound. Yeah. <laughs> I both you guys had your backpacks on when you had that knee, those knee problems, right? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. Sure did, yeah. So David, I'm pretty sure that you bring, uh, I don't know about now you're talking about keeping the pack weight down, but the trip that we were on went on, I mean, it was easy trail. Like you, you had a good size tent. You had pads for the dogs. So you bring a lot of. Extra oh yeah, dogs. yeah, for the doggies. Yeah. What kind of pads? Yeah. That not on air trip, but whenever you hurt your knee. I was using a um a, a an REI Flash fifty five pack that trip. I, I had always I had always used a Z Packs Arc Blast pack, and I loved it. Going back to like that's the thing is the show brothers always look at all my z-packs gear and they call it museum pieces because it's like kind of like like when they were working out of their garage and 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 joe joe was kind of sewing everything by hand i guess or something that's the vintage of my z-packs gear but the strap on one of the shoulder straps broke in such a way that it couldn't no way it could be repaired and it happened like two days before we left for the yellowstone trip in 2019 so we have a we have an REI store here in Indianapolis. So I literally drove. I was I was walking the dogs at this local trail, and so I drove from that trailhead parking lot straight to REI. And Travis had always he'd always had a REI Flash fifty five pack, so he swore by it. So I just bought one of those for that trip. And then it was like it weighed it weighs a lot more. It weighs like over three pounds, mm-hmm. maybe three and a half pounds, and compared to like a pound for that Z packs pack. And, but it was like, man, it carries a weight just great and it has like millions of pockets in it. So I loved it and, and it was huge. I could have fit my Arc Blast pack inside that REI Flash 55 pack. <laughs> and so I, I loved all that. But then after that Adirondacks trip, I just realized, man, I got to do whatever I can do to cut back on, on, on some of my body weight as well as my pack weight. Because I remember it was goat goat picked up my pack and he goes what do you got the two dogs in there too (laughs) and they were all i mean like jeremy jeremy was on that all things outdoor was on that trip and he had this like little like like the little backpack the kids take to school you know like with their books in it so that was his pack for the whole trip and i'm sitting there with this ginormous you know like 60s style monstrous pack trying to climb up that ninja warrior thing that was out there a place was un- unbelievable, but yeah, that just that trip convinced me, and and everything that was going on with my knees, like I got I got to shed a few pounds somehow. Jeremy told me whenever I went backpacking with him, he was telling me about your last trip, and he was like, "Man, David really messed up his knee," and he was telling me, "Dude, he you were like walking down with a giant pack down these super steep um, trail." Yeah, they had like cables in spots you have to hold on to to keep yourself from sliding down that stuff. It was crazy. Well, he said your pack was heavy, man. It was. I don't know how. Well, 50 pounds, maybe. Yeah, the the stupid part about that was I was expecting it to be really cold, you know, because like, you know, Adirondacks and early season and all that. And it was it was not cold, but I brought all this extra clothes and everything so I wouldn't get cold and. Yeah, that wasn't wasn't good. It wasn't good planning on that trip. <laughs> and I didn't know, he had planned the whole trip, and I hadn't done a whole lot of homework in advance, so I didn't have any idea what we were getting into. He had like trained three weeks in advance and got rid of ten, lost ten pounds to get ready for the trip. And I'm just kind of like doing my normal thing, and I'm thinking it's like it's New York, man. How hard could it be? You know, it's not like 
not like Colorado or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, little D, if you ever go to the Adirondacks, I wouldn't look at it that way. That was some real hiking there, man. Well, you've got some serious trail cred because of it, man. I mean, you you jacked your knee up and still did it. That's pretty impressive. Well, it's I think you get out there in some places, and it's like you know, you know, you get out there. It's like, well, I'm either going to get airlifted out of here or <laughs> walk out. So yeah, it gives you some proper motivation. I think one hundred percent. So, David, um, we we've got to spend a lovely hour, a little bit more actually together. So before, oh we- wow. Sorry to run you guys over. I don't know if you have to pay extra for that. <laughs> yeah, put our more, rent. Have to put rent more quarters in the streaming video yeah, thing. Yeah, our, our studio rent is really expensive. So you know, we'll have to we'll have to, have to well, pay for that. Well, it's been fun. It's been fun, uh, guys. Thank you guys for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime. And I wanted to give you a minute to um, spread the word about where people can check out your photography and your videos and anything else that you're up to. Okay. Well, my um, my if you. I don't, I don't know what my backpacking channel is called. It's just David Gray. But if you search for David Gray backpacking, you'll definitely find it. And, um, all of my, there's actually, uh, if you look in the little channel banner, there's little things you can click on. Um, there's a smug mug thing, which is where all the pictures are or Instagram. So, so I think on there, I don't remember everything I've got on there, but I know there's a smug mug link and an Instagram link. Um, so you can find this stuff out there. I'm on Instagram, David Gray photography. My daughter, Annie, uh, takes care of most of that for me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> At David. So that'll, that'll get you the Instagram. And then it's, um, I think it's smugmug.davidgrayc.com or something like that. I don't know. You'd find it. But the links on the, in the banner, you'll see the little uh, social media links in the banner on the YouTube channel. But yeah, check it out. That's uh-huh. awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for being on tonight, man. If you want to hang out in the green room for a little bit, the M&Ms will be waiting for you. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, those virtual M&Ms. I really enjoyed those, by the way. I, I, told you I was looking for green. them. I'm trying to click on them to get them to show up, but nothing ever showed up. So I'm going to go get my own <laughs> M&Ms here. So. All right. All right. Well, if you hang out there, we'll nah, be with you, you in just a second, man. All right. Awesome. Cool. We'll see you. Thanks, you. See you. Every time, man. I love these guests. This is just fun every single time, man. Pleasure. Every time. Different looking at his uh, photography, too. That was very oh, interesting and hearing some of the stories. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really, I mean, just some of those shots were epic. I mean, we're all like, we do YouTube channels, you know, for people listening to the podcast, we, we do the podcast, we also do YouTube channels. And mm-hmm. I try to do photography, and hard. I mean, there are probably third graders that take better pictures than I do. You know, it's just like, I, I just, I'm not as good at that as, as he is. He just, it's amazing. The stuff was just great. He so, great. Uh, so, Jeremiah, we got week. some great guests. Yeah, I was going to say next week, speaking of photography, they, I don't know how many people have heard of Dave Morrow, but he spends more time in the woods than pretty much anybody I've ever met. And I love it. Every time I email him, I get an auto reply back. That's something along the lines of, I'll give you the short version. I can't wait to help you and get back with you. Uh, Most likely I'm in the woods right now and uh, I'm probably on a backpacking trip and I'll I'll be back as as soon as I get back. I'll, uh, I'll holler at you. Yeah. And in his photography, again, just beautiful, beautiful photos. I can't wait for people to see these next week. It's going to be awesome. And uh, we've got two great guests the two weeks after that. Um, So we got, we got some stuff lined up for you guys. It's going to be really good. And a reminder, if you are not 
subscribed to the Backpacking Podcast YouTube channel, you will not be able to watch these videos or hear about. You'll be able to watch them, but you won't know when they're coming because you won't get any notifications. So you guys need to go over there and subscribe. As soon as we get off here, go subscribe and hit the notification bell so you guys can continue watching these after June because when June hits, these aren't going to be on our channels anymore, are they, Jeremiah? No, it's all going to be on the Backpacking Podcast, and we can interact with everybody in the comments. So if you haven't watched the live stream yet, make sure you're here. (laughs) Make sure you're checking it out. Comment. We can show your comments on the screen for those that are just listening, and you get to interact with the guests. So it's always a good time. Thank you, everybody. See the Pizza Ninja. Amazing show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Doc Watson. Doc Watson's always up for a good time. Great night. Oh, yeah. Photography. Amazing. Just walking. Good show, fellas. Thanks. Absolutely. Our pleasure, man. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I've had a great night. So have I. So, Jeremiah, for myself and for you, everybody have a great night. Adios.